Binance offers a $5 million snitch bounty after the Ronin token listing sparks a heated debate on X. Good morning, you're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to stay in the know on what's happening behind the scenes in crypto, make sure you click that follow button. Grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. It has been a busy week so far in crypto, and here are the stories we're going to cover today. MicroStrategy buys another 850 Bitcoin. Monero dropped to its lowest price since September 2020 following the Binance delisting. The outflows from Bitcoin miner wallets reaches a six-year high. Solana suffers its first major network outage in nearly a year. And Binance sets a $5 million bounty following the Ronin token listing debate. Let's start with some more positive news from MicroStrategy, the largest publicly traded holder of Bitcoin, co-founded by the Bitcoin champion Michael Saylor. MicroStrategy has been consistently buying Bitcoin over the past few years. Last year, the company acquired 56,650 Bitcoin at an average price of $33,580, which is all the more impressive when you look at how torrid a time they had in 2022. MicroStrategy lost approximately $249.7 million in 2022 as crypto crashed. But undeterred, they kept on their Bitcoin mission and yesterday the company posted its latest earnings call. In January, MicroStrategy bought another $37 million worth of Bitcoin, around 850, bringing the total holdings to 190,000 Bitcoin worth $8.1 billion. In total, MicroStrategy posted a net income of $89.1 million and Michael Saylor made it clear that the strategy is only at the beginning of coming to fruition. He said, 2024 is the year of the birth of Bitcoin as an institutional grade asset class. In fact, it's the first new asset class of the modern era. Saylor added that the next 15 years will be a regulated, institutional, high growth period for Bitcoin, very different from the last 15 years. Saylor explained that the spot Bitcoin ETF approvals were a catalytic moment and that it took Bitcoin from a medium of exchange to a store of value. He said, we don't need to address any of the currency criticisms anymore. Simply as a store of value, there's no reason Bitcoin can't continue to outperform and 100x from where it is now. Unsurprisingly, Saylor ended the earnings call by stating that MicroStrategy will continue to buy Bitcoin. On last Monday's episode, the 29th of January, I went through a bizarre legal case that is playing out in Finland. It pertains to a hack of a psychotherapy service called Vestamo, in which crypto was demanded as a ransom for stolen data. One of the cryptocurrencies involved was Monero, and prosecutors in the case suggested that they could trace the Monero transactions. Which is surprising because Monero's tagline is secure, private and untraceable. This seemed like bad news, but it turns out that this news was simply a miserable hors d'oeuvre for Monero. You see, yesterday was brutal as Monero's token, XMR, took a price haircut of around 38% falling from $165 to as low as $102, its lowest price since September 2020. Though overnight it did start its recovery and at the time of recording this, which is about 6am Eastern, it has recovered back to $126. The prompt for the nosedive appears to be Binance's announcement yesterday that Monero's token, XMR, will be delisted from the exchange. This will happen on the 20th of February alongside Aragon, Multichain and Vey. Binance's decision to delist XMR is based on several factors laid out in the announcement, such as contribution to a healthy and sustainable crypto ecosystem and 
evidence of unethical or fraudulent conduct or negligence. The announcement also cited responsiveness to Binance's due diligence requests, or presumably the lack thereof. Okay, so there are obviously two key forces in play here. The first is that Monero's USP is being untraceable, and as a result, it will inevitably attract users looking to hide what they are up to or launder money. In direct opposition to this is the second force, the new Binance. After the US government slapped Binance with a $4.3 billion settlement and ousted CZ, the exchange had to be whiter than white, and privacy tokens such as XMR represent a problem on that front. This in itself is a cause for criticism from some. The crypto trader John Brown wrote on X, Monero dropped strongly on the delisting news from Binance. While bad for Monero, I mainly see this delisting as a sign of the slow demise of Binance. They are now so compliant that they cannot choose anymore which assets to support. Do you agree that this is a bad sign for Binance? Or was it simply the right move to delist Monero? Share your thoughts with us on at Cointelegraph and at RKBags on X. The spot Bitcoin ETFs brought about an inordinate amount of change in the industry. On face value, they were perhaps disappointing, which is why so many people like to voice that stance on X. The thing is, if you're looking deeper than Bitcoin's price, you'll see the widespread impact the approvals had. We've discussed the incredible inflows, Grayscale's cataclysmic outflows, and the various effects that have been caused, but one interesting narrative has slipped through the net until a Bitfinex alpha market report yesterday. According to this report that analysed on-chain data, the second day of trading Bitcoin ETFs, the 12th of January, saw a spike in outflows to exchanges from Bitcoin wallets that are connected to miners. In fact, data from Glassnode showed that $1 billion worth of Bitcoin was sent to exchanges from miner-associated wallets, which was a six-year high. These outflows have continued too, but with an enormous and rather confusing asterisk. On the 1st of February, around 13,500 Bitcoin left miners' wallets for exchanges. But on the 2nd of February, 10,000 Bitcoin was sent back to the miner wallets. So this could be merely a rebalancing of wallets. Speaking of balance, the report suggests that on-chain data shows an overall net outflow from miners since the spot Bitcoin ETF approvals. CryptoQuant data puts the outflows at around 10,200 Bitcoin. The obvious question I asked at this point, and I'm sure you are too, is why? Why would there be a spike in outflows? The analyst said the following. This substantial transfer of Bitcoin from miners to exchanges reflects the miners' response to market conditions and potentially their need to liquidate holdings for operational expenses or risk management. This confused me a little. Have operational expenses increased? What is the new risk that must be managed? On the one hand, the demand of the ETFs plus the halving event in April equals scarcity. But on the other hand, the halving represents a halving of income to the miners. So to get some more clarity, I asked Gareth Jenkinson what his thoughts on the report's findings were. Having reviewed the Bitfinex report uh, for Cointelegraph, I think there's a couple of reasons why we're seeing those heavy outflows from miners. I think most prominently, uh, miners were looking to capitalize on the upside uh, that came with the approval of Bitcoin ETFs in the United States. Obviously, a very good chance to capitalize on some profits on uh, Bitcoin reserve holdings. And then, of course, it's also worth noting that the Bitcoin halving is coming up later this year. That's going to put a lot of pressure on miners that aren't as efficient as other miners in the market. So uh, this is a good chance to uh, stock up on some operational liquidity. Some miners might be looking to uh, add hash rate or buy some new mining equipment to add to their existing uh, operations, while others might just be hedging their bets to get a little bit more capital in their bank accounts to uh, continue operating through 2024 and onwards. 
Solana is not only one of the most popular and promising ecosystems in Web3, it has seen an incredible resurgence of popularity in recent months. This was highlighted particularly well last week with the Jupiter Decentralized Exchange token launch which attracted quite the crowd. However, for those of you who have been in the space a while, you will know that the unfortunate connections with FTX were not the only difficulties Solana has encountered. A few years ago, the Solana network got a bit of a reputation for major outages, instability and degraded performance. I always just chalked it up as growing pains, however it did seem that Solana was putting it behind them and the network was approaching a year without a major outage. But mere days away, the ship sailed into troubled waters yesterday. Users took to social media to flag that the Solana blockchain hadn't produced a single block in over 25 minutes. As the production time of a block is usually 400 milliseconds, alarm bells were ringing. Solana's validators and core engineers set about the task of correcting course. After new validator software was released and the problem was patched, block production resumed and Solana status posted the following on X. Block production on Solana mainnet beta resumed at 14.57 UTC following a successful upgrade. Engineers will continue to monitor performance as network operations are restored. The outage began at approximately 9.53 UTC, lasting 5 hours. Core contributors are working on a root cause report which will be made available once complete. Solana's price did dip as a result, but nothing too drastic. And although 5 hours is a long outage for a major network, it doesn't seem to have done any lasting damage. The gaming blockchain Ronin, most famous for the viral play-to-earn hit Axie Infinity, has had a strange week. Binance announced that the exchange would be listing Ronin's token, RON, and many waited with eager eyes to see the token price skyrocket. But it didn't. In fact, after its price gained 30% in the week leading up to the news, within an hour of the listing being officially announced by Binance, Ronin was down 18% in an hour and ended the day down 26%. It seems whatever Binance announces, listings or delistings, is a knife in the ribs this week, so this confusing price interaction sparked some heated discussions on X, with many calling it glaringly obvious evidence of corruption or insider trading. This is just two weeks after the Coinbase director, Connor Grogan, claimed that he found multiple wallets with a pattern of purchasing tokens minutes before they were listed on Binance and selling them straight after the announcement. Grogan speculated the following reasons for the wallets front-running the listing announcements on Binance. He wrote on X, 1. Insider MNPI, which stands for Material Non-Public Information, most likely from a rogue employee connected to the listings team who would have details on new asset announcements. 2. A trader who found some sort of API or staging test trade exchange leak. It's unclear whether these wallets interacted with the Ronin tokens yet, but the Binance co-founder, Yi He, took to X to argue that it wasn't a person inside Binance who leaked the information. Rather, that some Binance users found on-chain data that showed that the exchange was readying to receive Ronin tokens, which is close to Grogan's second explanation of the suspicious wallets. Yi He added that Binance would pay a bounty of anywhere from $10,000 to $5 million to anyone who submitted information showing corrupt Binance teams members. Binance will also permanently blacklist projects that hire staff that have been fired from Binance for corruption. Wow, that was a lot to fit in to today's debrief. But that is it for today, so consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing or leaving a review. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow. 